You're listening to Helen Rydstrand and Olivia Rosenman on The Expressionists, the podcast that unravels some of the great mysteries behind the strange turns of phrase that add colour, life, or in today's case, irritation to everyday conversations. Mm. Yep, we're talking about the expressions that really get our goats, that make our blood boil, and that give us the irrits. Olivia is up first. Olive, what phrase makes you mad as hell? Did you say give us the irrits? You not heard that one? No. Helen, you're giving me the irrits. It's a, it's a mum one. Yeah. Helen, I hate it when people say, go teach your grandmother to suck eggs. It's just, it's, it's insulting, it's ugly. It doesn't make a lot of sense and I hate it. Why would you say that? There are heaps of idioms though that don't make sense. That is true. This one makes a lot of not sense though. <laughs> the biggest problem being, why on earth would you suck an egg? No one seems to know why this sucking eggs has become an idiom. It's also a proverb in that it is offering advice. And it is an idiom, and the reason that it's an idiom is that the meaning is not readily deducible from the meaning of the word. So you might know what a grandmother is, you might know what an egg is, and you might know what sucking is, but Mm -hmm. if I said to you, go teach your grandmother to suck eggs, and you had never heard that before, you wouldn't really know what I meant. To be honest, I still don't really know. Basically, it's a caution against giving advice to someone on something that they already know how to do or on a topic that they know more about than you. Okay, so that implies that one's grandmother knows all about sucking eggs? Exactly. That's what it implies, doesn't it? But I don't think my grandmother knew how to suck eggs. Do you think your grandmother knew how to suck eggs? I mean, I'm sure she, she knew all kinds of things, but I, don't, I couldn't say whether that's one of them. <laughs> True, but why would you suck an egg? There is one reason I can see that you would suck an egg. At Easter time, you decorate eggs, dyed is, eggs. Isn't that called blowing an egg? Exactly. <laughs> so you're decorating six eggs for Easter. You're not going to want to eat six eggs, which is what's going to happen if you're sucking them. We're getting off track here. Well, we are getting off track, but that's annoying, right? Because there's this phrase in common usage that doesn't have any bearing on reality and what we do with eggs. Another person thought that perhaps it was because <laughs> your grandmother doesn't have any teeth. I think that's rude. So is this the only version of this phrase? I did find two variants. One was to go teach your father to have sex. I mean, obviously your father knows how to have sex. Yeah, you're living proof. Unless unless you're adopted or... Or IVF. True. Uh, (laughs) Another one, and this appears in James Joyce's Ulysses, don't teach your grandmother how to milk ducks. Yeah, that's an extra layer of nonsense. Yeah. And finally, another, in a similar vein, don't teach your grandmother to steal sheep. Okay. It was an instruction not to do something, but you phrased it originally as like a in the positive. These days, it is used much more in a sort of offensive way rather than an advice kind of way, which I think is where it really came from. Yeah, so tell me about where this phrase actually comes from. Yes, I can tell you where it comes from in English, and Mm -hmm. then I can tell you an origin story. Great. So the first recorded usage in English was in 1707, and it appeared in a translated work of literature Mm -hmm. by Francisco de Quevedo, who was a Spanish nobleman and writer of the 17th century. It was a tome of his comical works, translated by a man called J. Stevens. 
You would have to teach my grandam to suck eggs, grandam being an archaic word for grandmother. So that's a very early 18th century. Uh, about 30 years later, Jonathan Swift, who I'm sure many of our listeners know as an English writer of satire and political commentary, or societal commentary, you could say. Yeah. And he wrote a book called Polite Conversation, which was an ironic and satirical commentary on the conversation of the English upper classes. There was a line in there, I'll mend it, miss. You mend it. Go teach your grandam to suck eggs. So that's the first instances recorded in writing in English. Begs the question, what was the man who was translating the Spanish translating? Mm. Was there any reference to eggs or... Yeah, is this a direct translation from the Spanish? And so it's just come across to English, leaving behind the context that makes it make mm. sense? Now, unfortunately, I wasn't able to find the answer to that question, Helen. But I was able to find that potentially this goes way back to a classical proverb in Latin. A swine to teach Minerva. Do you know who Minerva is? She's the Roman goddess of wisdom. That's right. And so surely she doesn't need any instruction, let alone from a pig. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. And so I don't know what Latin text that was translated from, but it was translated by a man called Nicholas Udall, who was a real person, an English teacher, who lived in the 16th century in England. And he translated a lot of Erasmus, so it's possible that this proverb came from Erasmus. But then that became later in the 16th century to teach a dame to spin. And a dame was what they would call a married woman in that time. And, of course, a married woman would know how to spin. Oh, you mean spin as in spinning thread? Yeah. Not spinning around like dancing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know how to spin? Me personally? Yeah. No. No. But I'm not a married woman, so. <laughs> Me either. I've got no idea. <laughs> I'll get my lesson when I... <laughs> the notion also does appear in several other languages. In French, the goslings want to drive the geese to pasture. In Italian, to teach fish to swim. Also, the egg should not know more than the hen. Now, that's an interesting play on which came first. <laughs> also involves an egg, no sucking. <laughs> Spanish, he hasn't left the shell, but he's already being presumptuous. I think those examples that you looked at just now all made a bit more sense than teaching your grandmother to suck egg. That's true. You mm. could probably work it out. It does make me wonder if sucking eggs has a, a meaning that it doesn't anymore. I did find a, another meaning for go suck an egg. However, that was a more recent entry in Urban Dictionary. Oh, yes. That you could tell someone to go suck an egg if you wanted them to go away or piss off. Okay. Go suck an egg, Helen, like that. Don't, because we've still got to record a bit more of this podcast. Do people use it very much in current uh, conversations on the internet, perhaps? I did consult that vast repository of English usage, Twitter, and what I found was that people often use it in arguments with one another, those sort of arguments that really happen a lot on Twitter, mm-hmm. political arguments, arguments about religion, arguments about climate change. One guy called E.J. Large, young man, I was voting Labour when you were not even a twinkle in your daddy's eye. Don't teach your grandmother how to suck eggs. Several like that. That was a British man. They were having a conversation about British politics. It just reminds me of Johnny Cash's song about dirty old egg-sucking dog. Wow. He threatens to shoot it if it sucks any more of his chicken's eggs. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah, his dog is eating the eggs that rightfully belong to Johnny Cash. Does it have much traction in terms of pop culture appearances? 
1958 movie called The Big Country, starring Gregory Peck, Gene Simmons and Carol Baker, and a man called Burl Ives who says, go teach your grandmother to suck eggs in one of his lines. There you go. I mean, I would never watch that movie because I hate this saying. Really, a whole movie you would write off because a saying appears once in it? I hate it. I hate it. I mean, I hate myself because I've just spoken about it for several minutes. (laughs) So let's move on. I wouldn't want to get stuck on that old chestnut. That old chestnut is one of my least favourite idioms around there. It is also an idiom because there's no way that you would associate that phrase with a tired old joke or story that's been often repeated. It's trite or stale, cliched. It is itself, obviously, trite, stale, cliched. (laughs) Certainly no good reason to use it over and over again. I actually don't really know why I hate it. It just, something about it really just... Well, here's the question. What do you think about chestnuts? They're not. Uh, I have no real opinion about them. I've only very rarely eaten them. Roasted? I like it when you're in Europe and you see people roasting them in the street. Mm -hmm. I remember once you gave me a tin... Oh, yeah. Of chestnut paste. That stuff's nice. Okay, so you don't hate chestnuts, you just hate this old chestnut. Yes. Does yeah. it come up in your life often? People use it. Yeah, they do. They, they use do. it all the time. And I feel like some friends of mine know my feelings about it and use it more often. A certain person <laughs> I'm thinking of in this moment. Um, in this room? No, not in this room. Oh, good. Okay. No, no, no. All right. I was no, a bit worried not. there that it was me. How old is the chestnut? It's actually not that old compared to some of the idioms that we talk about. So it has an uncertain origin. The one that's most repeated is that it appeared in a play called The Broken Sword and is subtitled as a grand melodrama, which promises also to be interspersed with songs and choruses, etc. Apparently adapted from a French play. I think they call it a French trifle, in fact. A little light, fluffy thing by a guy called William Diamond. Trifle is not light or fluffy. It's got the sponge cake component, but that's quite weighed down with custard, cream. But it's a silly dessert, isn't it? No. (laughs) It's a delicious dessert. And before you insult this dessert any further, let's move on. Diamond's play, The Broken Sword, was first performed in September 1816 at Covent Garden Theatre in London. And so in this play, a character called Xavier, who's a pretty boring person, is telling a story. And he says, when suddenly from the thick boughs of a cork tree, and then Pablo jumps up and says, a chestnut, Captain, a chestnut. Captain, this is the 27th time I have heard you relate this story, and you invariably said a chestnut until now. So Pablo is saying... I know the way this story goes. Actually, it's a chestnut at this point, not a cork tree. It's a chestnut tree. So it's not actually really a reference to the nut. It's more a reference to the tree. I guess so. I always imagined a chestnut nut itself. Mm. Mm. That is the first recording, which apparently is the origin. Mm -hmm. It doesn't appear in writing as a phrase, meaning the boring old story or joke itself until 70 years later in the Detroit Free Press in the United States. This is the first entry that the Oxford English Dictionary has. My buddy, in my mind at least, Michael Quinion of Worldwide Words, explains one plausible story of how it made this transfer from the play to this meaning of the saying, which is that a Boston comedian named William Warren, who'd often played the part of Pablo, made a quip at a party. Someone whose story he'd heard before was an old chestnut. 
and everyone was so impressed by it that they went out and started using it. <laughs> that was meant to be in the late 1800s as okay. well. Yeah, around the time that this appeared in the Detroit Free Press. Right. Everyone seems a little bit sceptical about that story. Like yours, it's not got any very exciting or impressive uses that I could find on that vast repository of uh, English contemporary usage, Twitter. I did find that there's an account under the name That Old Chestnut. They make vegan cakes and more in Leeds in West Yorkshire. Wow, and more. They also have an active passion for the environment, both to enjoy and conserve it. It is used a lot to refer to political ideology. One example that I found from someone called Shannon, she's replying to someone. Uh, The quote is, immigration drives down wages, end quote. Sigh, that old chestnut. That's uh, that old chestnut. Ugh. (laughs) Do you feel... Because I feel, after having talked about this, I actually have a newfound respect for my saying. I I mean, I think it has an interesting backstory. You know, I definitely will think about it differently. I don't think I'm going to start using it. (laughs) (laughs) But you never know. You never know. That's it for this episode of The Expressionist. Thank you for listening. We would love it if you leave us a review on iTunes. And we would also love it if you dropped us a line on Facebook or Twitter. Our handle is at xpodcast. That's E-X podcast. Why don't you let us know your least favourite expressions and don't forget to tell us why. My name is Olivia Rosenman. And I'm Helen Rydstrand. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening.